I like the phrase kick ass in elections. That's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Local ones in Germany, national ones in the Netherlands, national ones in Bulgaria, um, uh, local elections in Italy, local elections in, in France, uh, Portugal, Denmark, Estonia, um, UK probably, national elections in Germany. All these elections we're going to participate in and I hope that we're going to kick ass in all of them. World Europa presents Calling Europe, the first pan-European speed podcast. Hi everyone, I'm Karam. And I'm Eileen. And this is Calling Europe, the speed podcast in which we interview people from the pan-European movement Volt and tell you their personal stories. We believe that European issues can only be solved by thinking on a European scale and acting locally and would like to show you what it means to be politically active in our movement. Okay, so today we have two very special guests, our co-presidents Valerie and Rainier. Uh, we also have a special episode for you where we're going to do a 2020 year review, even though we're a little bit late with it. <laughs> so welcome, Valerie and Rainier. Really nice to have you here. Yeah, it's super nice to be here. Thanks. Thanks. Good to be here. For this episode, we have the same sections that we always have, starting with the profile, where we ask basic questions about our guests, then moving on to our three questions, where we ask some more specific questions about things that our guests have experienced or the way they think about and feel about things. And finally, we're going to have the song nomination, where our guests can add a song of their liking to our Spotify playlist. Let's start with a check-in. We want to want, we actually want to experiment a little bit with you guys um, and start each episode with a short check-in question. Eileen, you want to ask it? So our check-in question today, as our little experiment here, is going to be, what is the oldest memory that you can recall? Meaning in your personal life, anything that you can remember as sort of the first thing that you really remember consciously experiencing or thinking? We had a lot of fun coming up with this question. <laughs> yeah, it's a very casual check-in question, easily answered. <laughs> um, I'll just start. Um, I, I'm actually not sure, but I think one definitely very old memory would be... Um, I've really like I really remember the feeling I always wanted to have a dog like I just always <laughs> <laughs> just always wanted one and uh, I wasn't allowed one but my godfather had one and so um, I kind of feel like I, I remember even as a super little child me driving up with my parents to my godfather and really being uber excited to to see not my godfather but his dog and take him out and, and you have one now i do have one since last year yeah yeah milestone life goal achieved it is life goals though it is yeah <laughs> that resonates with yeah. eileen doesn't it <laughs> what about you Eileen? okay i've been i knew i knew this question was coming and i have been thinking about this for two weeks and I have no idea. I've been fascinated by this question because how do people know what their oldest memory is? Because when I'm young, people tell me stuff that I have done uh, or I've seen pictures of something and then I just remember seeing that picture or remember somebody telling me that story. So I have no idea. And then, and I always find it weird that other people do know this. But so I thought to myself, okay, I can make up this beautiful fairy tale story of my oldest memory. Such an authentic podcast here. <laughs> <laughs> then I had too many things to do. So I, I lacked creativity. So then I'll just tell you the, the story that my family would often tell is that I have a, or had a really uh, a strong sweet tooth. 
So when I was little, I only wanted sweets and stuff. And when I celebrated my very first birthday, um, they gave me a piece of chocolate cake with one raspberry on top. I love raspberries now, but at the time it was fruit and I didn't like fruit. I only wanted chocolate and candy. So I started crying real bad until I moved in raspberry. So, I'm not sure whether I really remember this, but you have this picture of me sitting in front of a big chocolate cake or relative to the size of me being one, a big chocolate cake, and then crying because one candle and one raspberry. But you were one at that stage? Yeah. yeah. Wow. It's pretty strong feelings against one raspberries. <laughs> Uh, I think do we want to answer the question too? Yes. I think we should. You start kind of. Okay, I'll I'll start. Uh actually <clears throat> I think just just for context, I think I came up with this question like 10 years ago or something. <laughs> I was talking to my best friend and uh and and I think so since then I think at some point I had one oldest memory and then later as I thought about it more and more I remembered another older memory <laughs> and it was basically um, in our house uh, or in my grandparents house in Aleppo because when we first moved to Aleppo with my family we were we stayed at their place and um, I just remember we had my parents had bought me this like like this really cool airplane this uh i think it was an airbus that like that you could you could just turn it on and it was it would just drive and it was like it looked exactly like it was on a runway and i would I used to like turn off the lights and just walk walk behind it as a little boy and i had a huge fascination for uh for for machines and uh and <laughs> airplanes and 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 like how do you say kran uh, eileen Cranes and cranes, for example, too. Like, for example, fun fact, my very first word that I ever said when I was a kid was Khan. Imagine Khan, <laughs> which is the German word for crane. <laughs> and it's not the most, e it's, it's not the easiest word to pronounce for a kid with the K and K, but it's still, yeah. And now I'm a mechanical engineer since six, since six months, so... Uh, don't what did what did uh, Steve Jobs say? Don't connect the the dots looking forward. Connect the dots looking back. Right? <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. I, the, I life is lived forward, but understood backwards. <laughs> exactly. Let's not do that with the chocolate cake story. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I'm afraid mine is not so exciting. I just remember uh, at some stage looking at a picture in a. Um, in a family photo album and like realizing that I was conscious at that moment because I remember thinking as my dad was taking the picture I was like wearing this really cute dress like and I was like three or something and I was holding a piece of paper from my dad's office and I held it and I remember thinking I should look like a lady and I put like one finger up just my pinky <laughs> and there's this picture somewhere and I remember thinking my god I felt so grown up in that moment I was like here you go driver's license <laughs> but it was this pinky move I don't know in the pictures somewhere I I must find it and show you guys it. I'm impressed that you know that at such a young age <laughs> I feel like I know nothing about my childhood from then on I was like Quick thought, and then I forgot everything. <laughs> All right, let's move on. We had a really long check-in check-in part. Um, 
<clears throat> so yeah, Eileen, I think you're up next doing the intro for the profile. So now jingle for the profile. Dun, 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 the profile. Do, 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 do. The profile. Question number one. Um, okay, we will start with Valerie. Um, where in Europe do you live, Valerie? In Berlin. Okay, nice. And where do you live, Rainier? Amsterdam. Valerie, when did you join Vault? In summer 2017. What about you, Rainier? It was a rainy Saturday. Um, it's, uh, <laughs> December 9, I think. December 9, 2017. Wow. Very precise. You know the exact hour. Have you been like uh, uh, putting, uh, <laughs> counting the days on your wall, you know, <laughs> putting a little stick on your wall for every day you've been a member of Vault? Not really, no. I remember because I once, I once used it in a speech. Um, that's why uh, and then I looked it up nice, nice okay Valerie what is your job at Volt good question I would say uh, get us on track for the 2024 European elections nice and Rainier what is your job at Volt well I thought I was just going to answer co-president, but I would uh, uh, answer in addition to that to Valerie, I think giving direction to the movement, growing the European team and doing political representation externally. And just uh, FYI for all the external guests listening to our episode, uh, uh, Valerie and Rainier are our, are our co-presidents and uh, <clears throat> they're both part of the... And, and, Eileen is also part of the board, so which is why we have a, a pretty nice round today uh, with people who see each other uh, uh, quite often. Only via Zoom. We never meet in real life. Exactly. <laughs> Story of Volt, actually. Not even of COVID. Not even of COVID. <laughs> and our last question for the profile is, where is your favorite place in Europe? Rainier, do you want to start? There's so many awesome places, but uh, I'm uh, going to go for one, which is called uh, Domburg. It's a small village in the south of the Netherlands where, since I was a kid, I go each summer on a summer holiday. So it has it's not the most beautiful place in Europe, but it is for me the one with a large chunk of the best memories. And the least fruits. <laughs> no raspberries in Domburg. They don't have any raspberries. <laughs> Valerie, what's your, I think I know what Valerie's favorite place is, but what's your favorite place in Europe? Could you go first then? <laughs> Italy. Florence in Italy. I would have thought Bologna, but close enough. Oh, really? I thought you studied in Bologna. In Florence and Siena. Oh, whoops. Close enough. Okay, then now comes a jingle. Three questions. Three questions. The three questions. Up next, we have our three questions for our guests. Karam, do you want to start with the first one? Question number one. Yeah, let's do that. Okay, so what was a moment in which you realized Volt was becoming an established organization? Um, let's maybe start with Rainier. Uh, yeah, cool question. Um, there's a few of these sort of hinge moments where all of a sudden we grew a lot and for me that started in in the netherlands when we first hit a, a newspaper article and we all of a sudden got a big influx of new members or when we founded the party and um when we uh, when i quit my job uh, to focus full-time on vault together with laurens dosse who's currently the lead candidate for the dutch elections we would often play the game Uh, or the, <laughs> the hypothetical question, what if we both die in a car accident at, at this specific point in time? Will Vault still exist one year after that? And in the beginning, the, the, we answered that question with, with no. Um, but I think we are definitely at a stage where we can full on say yes to that question nice. on a 
on, on a lot of national levels, but also on the European level. So that's been one of our goals over 2020 to make sure that we can build an organization that's not dependent on the uh, uh, um, on the impact or the uh, participation of a few, but that it's strong and resilient because of the impact and participation of many. It actually reminds me a little bit of the European report. We got to this point uh, this year with Michael as soon as we had uh, found Daniel and, and Paula, who are now uh, leading the European report team. And I think there is nothing more satisfying than seeing like uh, And then seeing basically this organization or this team that you set up or this this machine that you set up at some point to get back to my childhood references <laughs> running and uh, running uh, autonomously at some point. So, yeah, uh, absolutely can absolutely relate. How about you, Valerie? For me, it would be the founding of Volt Deutschland as an actual party, as a registered party in January 2018. Um really cold, rainy weekend in Hamburg and around 30 German bolters met uh, in this little room and um, the pictures looking back um, look really messy and not very historic at all. But, <laughs> but um, uh, yeah, it was, I, I think that was, I think that was the moment when I realized, wow, this is, this is real. We, we have founded a party. Um, And no one really reported on it apart from a, like a local news outlet in Hamburg, which was a bit sad, but we obviously changed that <laughs> later on. <laughs> I really wish that you guys would talk more about what happened, like how Vault developed, because I think so many people that are now joining or joined in the last year have like no idea just how young we are. And I see it with like a couple of new volunteers joining in Frankfurt, for example, that join and are extremely surprised at the level of organization and professionalism that we have in comparison to, I guess, what they maybe have seen with other new political parties or would expect from us. So it's it's quite amazing and um, always cool to hear how much has happened. So I think if you guys wanted to talk about that more, I'm sure a lot of people would be really interested in hearing how we got here. If I connect that question to uh, the previous one, there's actually been a few of those moments. And one of those moments is when uh, at the General Assembly in Amsterdam, which was at the 28th of October in 2018. So we had this General Assembly with about 500 participants, And that for me was the first time that I saw things going on within Volt Netherlands that I wasn't aware of. So all of a sudden there was a team of volunteers doing something and I had never met those people and I didn't even know what they were doing, but they were obviously doing something important for the GA. And then I realized, oh, whoa, we've, we're at a next stage where it is not only through people that all know each other personally, but it's got, it's expanded a circle further. Um, And uh, one other big moment for me was during the European Parliament elections, I sometimes thought if we do not make it, um, uh, and I was mainly focusing on the Netherlands at the time, I was lead candidate for the Dutch elections, uh, for the European Parliament elections in the Netherlands. So that's why this part of the story for me is mainly focused on the Netherlands. But I thought to myself, when we don't make it, That will probably mean the end of Volt in the Netherlands because there's so much enthusiasm now and there's so many people giving all they've got in order to get there. Then if we don't make it, then all that enthusiasm will probably just slow down and people will be disappointed. What I 
didn't realize is that for a lot of people, the last month of the elections was the first time that they actually encountered fault and that they actually heard about our uh, about our story, about our policies, about our vision, and got inspired with that. So instead of 100 people or 200 people being burned out after uh, uh, having running a marathon until the uh, election, there was actually a group of 500 to 1,000 people calling me the day after, not all calling me, but I literally had a phone call the day after of people saying, okay, what do we do now? Should we plan this and that too? And I was like, oh, dude, give me a break. But uh, <laughs> but there were so many people with, with extra enthusiasm that – Instead of uh, uh, slowing down, we actually doubled down on our efforts. And I also see that happening now with the elections coming up and also in other countries. It is not that um, uh, sometimes our vision and our dream doesn't uh, doesn't resonate with people. It's mainly that they just haven't found out about it yet. So... um, yeah, the, these are two extra uh, additional remarks I wanted to make. Valerie, perhaps you have something to add as well. Yeah, I think just looking back, it's it's super crazy how far we've come. Because to be very honest, I mean, um, yeah, at the at the time when we started, I was twenty five, and I didn't have a clue what I was doing. And I think I I don't want to speak for other people, but I do think. <laughs> They felt similar, <laughs> not the same. And um, I mean, just thinking back of like, okay, what do you need if you find a par- found a party? You need statutes. <laughs> okay, so how do you go about it? And it's like, it's, it's all these little things where one would think it's, you know, there needs to be a mastermind behind this or someone who has all this experience or whatnot. But I think it's really cool how far you can come with um, a bunch of motivated people who are not scared of anything and who just think and are not scared of thinking because (laughs) to be honest, I think, um, I mean, it's obviously good not to reinvent wheels and see what's out there, but at the same time, like the whole world and our whole society is just, it's, by chance that it's also kind of developed the way it has, right? Because people have constructed it. And in the end, we are all kind of, we can be masters of what we create. So I, I think that that's pretty cool to realize. Yeah. And I think like, like on, on a personal level, I think really the, the, the thing that I appreciate the most about Volt is that it kind of bring, brings a certain kind of entrepreneurial uh, thinking, entrepreneurial mindset, like, hey, we can all do stuff. Um, we can all just come up with ideas and 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 actually implement them, um, thanks to this Europe Europe wide in- infrastructure that we have and people who also have this drive and also want to do stuff and are also motivated to do to do this thing this stuff. And, and without that, I think uh, Europe Cares w- would not have uh, 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 happened. I think that that's really exactly this kind of this like this kind of ideas, this kind of projects where you just go like, hey, let's like send. 20,000 masks to Moria and then a couple of months later you're looking at millions <laughs> yeah absolutely and I, I, think, I think it's so it like it it's so important and it inspires so much that we just dream about the future right we just mm. think of how what what is it what is the world that we want to live in and in the end it's so important that we have these images because otherwise 
what are we working for or what are we living for in this life, right? Like, I mean, creating something. And yeah, so it's it's so important and cool that one can inspire, like empower oneself and others to to do that. Yeah, and, and to add on to that, what what I uh, this is indeed a, a perfect example, and and there are many of them. What I've also often asked myself the question, "What am I doing? <laughs> what am I doing?" Especially in the beginning, uh, what is going on? Also, because you have this big vision of wanting to change the world, and then, or at least wanting to change Europe, and then. Um, uh, instead of doing cool things, uh, you're also doing cool things, but you're also making sure that when you're removing a poster at the end of an event, a poster with an explanation on what Volt is, that the uh, tape doesn't rip the poster because you have to use it again next time. Um, those kind of things are also part of it. And then when while I was doing those things, I sometimes asked myself the question, okay, is this what relevance does it does this have, and what what impact would it ultimately lead to? And what I find an, an inspiring and motivating thought is that actually in so many different places in Europe, people are doing the same. And the the the, the beauty of being a position that, that we are in is that um, now I can see how all those small efforts combine up to something that is larger than the sum of all the parts that add up to that. And uh, and that it actually leads to a lot of impact. And that you can see what Damien is doing in, in the European Parliament um, and how we are achieving positive impact with Europe Cares at the same time. So there's, there's, there's a, an awesome element uh, uh, there as well. Question number two. Now let's move on to our second question, which brings us back to, well, the near past or the present, what was your biggest personal success last year in the dreadful year of 2020? <laughs> so my uh, personal success, it, it's obviously related to Volt um, because uh, um, Volt plays a, a, a very important role in my life and a lot of my time goes into it. Um, I think... A lot of the things that I'm proud of that we've achieved this year are indeed, it's kind of cliche, but they really are team efforts uh, with all the social innovation campaigns, the different elections that we participated in uh, 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 with success also, and uh, uh, the fact that we really had a year of consolidating, improving and innovating our movement. I think that's something that that is a team effort, but that, that is something that I'm most proud of. If you really look at the personal aspect for me, I mean, when I became the co-president, it was a responsibility that um, weighs on me, uh, to be honest. I um, was sometimes very stressed out and afraid uh, uh, whether I would be good enough to uh, steer our movement uh, in the right direction and to really live up to the expectations of myself, but also the expectations of the people around me and to the high ambitions, especially the high ambitions that we've set together with the GA. Can I, can I live up to that? And, um, I think I've, I've grown in that, um, in the beginning, there were definitely things that I have done awfully wrong, but I do feel that I'm becoming more comfortable as a leader. Um, and the COVID crisis has made our year i think uh, our, our previous year for volt but also personally a lot tougher um it's hard to work together with people that you almost never see face to face um it's hard to not have the 
uh, inspiring general assemblies that give you such, or at least give me such a huge boost that I want to continue for another three years and I need less sleep because I am like, oh, wow, these people are amazing and this is so cool and I love what I'm doing. That That's what happens to me after a European GA and we didn't have any of those. Um, so I think for my biggest personal success would be the fact that we've managed to uh, uh, steer Volt through the COVID crisis, at least the first year of it, and that I think I've grown as a leader. I don't really know what to add because I completely, like all of the the points you made about the GA, for example, I completely feel that. And I feel like a lot of people are sort of waiting for the next GA to happen and until then just like holding on and trucking along because I mean you I personally pulled so much energy from the energy of other people at GAs because it's just such an amazing um yeah just an amazing dynamic and atmosphere what about you Valerie so success in Volt last year okay um I I think yeah can can repeat what Rainier said in the sense that it's uh it's it's an awesome feeling to to see how many how, what a what a great team we have at European level. How everyone works together um, with with a great attitude towards like there is no problems, there is challenges, and we can overcome them together. And uh, I, I think this is exactly why we're all here because that's all the fun. Um, I think personal. Um, to me, one thing that at so like if we go four years back when I when I actually started off uh, in Vault, I actually didn't know that um, the extent of gender inequality, and I didn't know what women empowerment meant, <laughs> and I didn't know what it means to take other women along and be a coach or be there for them, and and so on. And <clears throat> at some point, I didn't definitely made so many experiences in that field that I um, made it one of my kind of missions to say, okay, you know, we will be the party that at some point will have 50% women in, and we will be the party that will reach out to women and empower them and get them in teammate positions. And um, so for me, looking back, I think a personal success is that women empowerment is always on top of my to-do list. And I do really try to reach out to women every single week and, uh, and empower them. And I, I think partially I achieve it. <laughs> do you want to mention where you were before you came into the recording of the podcast? Oh my God. Uh, I was at my desk, but in a virtual ladies lunch. So we established the, um, the ladies lunches in the German team Two years ago, I think, uh, just with the aim to say, you know, we create a format where there's no agenda. It's simply just a format for women where they can engage and exchange inside and outside of Vault and no strings attached. It can be a casual conversation, but it can also maybe be the first real touch point to Vault and to to meeting women in Vault and see if, if it's something for you. And it worked out really well, and now we uh, brought it to the European level, which is awesome. So we can really connect women year-wide, and we're doing this once a month now. Yeah, actually, on the day that um, I was told about Vault, 
uh, by a school friend. Um, it was funny because I was like not so keen because I wasn't aware and I didn't know because um, I was quite sheltered or just not like oblivious, I guess, to things regarding like sexism against women and subtle things. So I was like, why do we need women's quotas? So I was at that stage. And I remember saying that to that person, like, okay, so what does Volt say about quotas and stuff? And obviously it's in our mapping of policies and thank God it is like now, but I remember him just saying like, oh yeah, you should, you should talk to Valerie. And I was like, okay, I guess I'll talk to Valerie. <laughs> <laughs> so I thought that was funny to, funny to add that that was one of the first things that I heard about Vault is I should talk to Valerie about like women and inequality. So <laughs> here we are. Yeah, and I, I may also add at this point that <laughs> right at the beginning of this call, I mentioned that I think about 50% of the times I've seen Valerie in real life was uh, had something to do with a ladies' lunch because <laughs> last time she came to Stuttgart, where I'm right, actually sitting right now, she had also organized the ladies' lunch, and and I think it's it's really inspiring. I'm 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 a, I'm a really huge fan of of this initiative, of this leadership that you're that you're taking, and of this responsibility, and. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm really thankful to to uh, for having uh, leaders like you who 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 are uh, yeah t taking up this uh, this role and this responsibility. So thanks a lot for that. What I would have wa uh, wanted to add to the uh, women empowerment kind of topic is that um, what I always found awful is like, or when I very much, when I started off, I didn't know that I was a feminist because in my mind, feminism was like something to do with quota. And then you were definitely the victim and I didn't want to be the victim. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And what I actually learned through Volt that this is not true. And um, I mean, I'm not going to go into this whole discussion now, but I think what what I really love about Volt is that we managed to not have a discussion where it's women against men or anything like that, or where it's um, where talking about this has an awkward feeling. But it's everyone sees themselves naturally as people who who you know who acknowledge there is a um, structural problem in our society and let's just change it because in the end it's not just only gonna only gonna be uh turn out positively for women but just as much for men because i mean kind of it it hampers the whole of society mm. and i really i i'm so fascinated by the uh, process of socialization where you have this topic and you're first like, no, this has nothing to do with me or nothing. Or and then you experience it and you talk with people and you get familiar with it and you, you lose the fear from it, like of, over it. And um, yeah, so just something that, uh, that I wanted to share because it's nice to see. Question number three. So let's move on to the last question. Uh, which would be, what are you looking forward to this year in 2021? Um, this year, I think that definitely what I'm most looking forward to is hopefully our physical General Assembly in autumn. Um, honestly, because I think it's so... <laughs> I mean, it's like working for Volt is great. I mean, there's also some things that are sometimes a little tiring. I mean, to be totally honest but there's like 
always like this great spirit that lifts you up when you meet voters. And I think this is really what's been largely missing last year. So I'm totally looking forward to that. Um, I'm also really looking forward to kick ass in all elections that we are running in this year uh, across Europe. And I think we really will, starting off with the Netherlands. But yes. definitely Rainier can uh, can say about it. And uh, on a personal level um, or non-vault-related level, um, uh, I've just become an auntie, which is crazy. Oh, congrats. Congratulations. <laughs> Congratulations. Yeah, cool. Thanks a lot for your answer, Valerie. How about you, uh, Rainier? I like the phrase kick. Kick ass in elections. Uh, that's definitely that's definitely what I'm looking forward to. Uh, I mean, uh, local ones in Germany, national ones in the Netherlands, national ones in Bulgaria, uh, uh, local elections in Italy, local elections in in France, uh, Portugal, Denmark, Estonia, um, UK probably. National elections in Germany. All these elections we're going to participate in, and I hope that we're going to kick ass in all of them. So that's something that that I'm uh, really looking forward to. I have this small, small dream of us getting more seats in the Dutch parliament than the uh, right-wing nice. uh, uh, nationalistic, populistic party um, that used to be very big, now became smaller. If we become bigger than them, then it's like, uh, that would be so... Uh, fantastic. Um, but besides that, on a personal level, I really, really want to go dancing and drink a beer in a pub with my friends. So that's what I, that's what I'm on a personal level really looking forward to this year. Somewhere later this year, I want to go to a pub and afterwards go dancing. Um, but uh, um, I'm okay with waiting to going to a pub if we just kick ass in elections. Yeah. Nice. That's definitely something to look forward to. And uh, I'm actually, I'm um, Eileen. How about you? What are you looking forward to this year? I mean, I think it would be really cool also to 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 share our uh, uh would yeah our our perspective on this. Um, um, I would be really interested in hearing that. Definitely, like because in Frankfurt we have elections going on right now, and they're very very stressful, as all elections always are when you're involved. So I look forward to those being over, actually, <laughs> um, but like in a positive way. Like it's cool now, but it's I look forward to some, you know, more sleep and stuff. Um, I definitely look forward to seeing more Volters, like hoping that some Volters get vaccinated soon or, you know, <laughs> um, so at least some can get together and you can, you can know, see some. I think it'll be really tough. I'm not expecting to really get into or have a big group come together, but um, yeah, we'll, we'll see. I'm, I'm pretty open. I'm not, I have no expectations for this year. I've learned from last year. <laughs> what about you, Karam? What I'm, I'm looking forward to the growth of, of, of the different projects um, that I'm, uh, that I'm still involved in, 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 in Volt. Uh, so, uh, so, or, or in Europe cares. Um, I think we're going on a really interesting path right, path right now with the fundraising team where we have some new people. Um, and I actually just realized yesterday um, how 
and also in connection with what we were just saying right now, it is true that on 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 one hand, um, we it is kind of challenging that we can't see each other, and these physical GAs were always a huge motivation booster and uh, a breeding ground for projects, for collaboration, and all of that stuff. But at the same time, I think that um, COVID also has brought some some chances for us. Um, before COVID, we already were a very, very digitalized uh, movement. And in, in terms of political innovation, I think that is already something that uh, that is really, really, really special. Um, and when yet I talked to a friend a couple of days ago who is very active, he comes from Iraq, he got the German citizenship last year, and he's um, he, who's always been like a person that I respect a lot for his engagement and for how open and diverse he was and how and 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 all the projects he did. And when I told him about the stuff that we're doing, still doing virtually with Europe Cares, with Volvo, all of that stuff, he was super, super thankful. And he was like, that's amazing. That's really amazing. And I've been waiting for this kind of opportunity because I've been feeling alone because I've moved uh, 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 to a new city lately and haven't really had the opportunity to meet people. I've, I've been missing that. And he came to a call yesterday and uh, he was super, super happy about it. And I think that is something that we can definitely tap into. So I'm looking forward to maybe combining uh, the first fruits that we can that we can harvest from being able to to meet again and uh, and see each other, but also maybe uh, trying to to uh, to to yeah to learn and uh, implement our lessons from this uh, COVID uh, uh, um, um, episode that we had. And uh, of course, seeing you guys again. And uh, I'm looking forward to that beer, Eileen, <laughs> that you owe us. <laughs> We're not going to comment. We're not going to comment on that. We're not going to get deeper. <laughs> but uh, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing everyone again. I mean, I think that's that's really something that is uh, very, very valuable and that will do us good. And to see and to see Eileen in the Stadtrat in Frankfurt. Yes, Eileen in the Stadtrat. Absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> Aline de Stadtrat, yes. Okay, we're done with three questions. Thanks a lot. Uh, I think we have amazing, amazing answers and really, really nice points. Uh, that I think we can go much, much deeper into so many things, but uh, it's, it's supposed to be a speed podcast, so <laughs> we're not going to stretch that. Um, let's move to the next part, which is the song nomination, uh, where each of you get to choose a song. Your favorite song. However, for this episode, we thought we'd do something different. <laughs> um, because you guys are such amazing people and have so much talent, we decided we would want to give you the chance to possibly sing a little bit <laughs> of your favorite song. No! Instead. And then you can add it to the playlist. Yes. I had 10 singing lessons. I had 10 singing lessons when I was 24 and the um, teacher after a while uh, uh, told me, you are by far the worst student I've ever had. <laughs> so <laughs> I don't think it's good for anybody if I'm going to start, if I'm going to start singing. I like to sing under the shower and my brother at some point prohibited it because he Five said seconds? it was embarrassing <laughs> for him or for you <laughs> it's like when other people are out please don't sing it's so embarrassing no, oh okay. no <laughs> but if it makes you feel comfortable we can make some rain sounds yeah <laughs> <laughs> And you, you need to start. You need to give us five seconds. 
Five seconds. Okay, okay. But actually, the song that I was going to propose doesn't really contain any singing. It does contain a German guy talking English. So you can speak English with a German accent. Nice. That's a nice workaround. <laughs> When I was 16, I wanted to make music. <laughs> that's that's what the song starts with. It, it, it's Giorgio by Morodor from Def Punk. And um, it's a really cool sound that uh, I'm a big Def Punk fan. Uh, they're famous for their music, but nobody really knows who they are because they always perform with masks and, and, and helmets yeah. on. Uh, I really like their music. We actually played one of their songs at the uh, formation of the Netherlands. Robot Rock, uh, Vault in the Netherlands was Robot Rock. It's a song about how rock music transitions into electronic music. It's pretty strong you only can play it if it's like super loud and then you get blown away but this one is my favorite one uh giorgio by morodor uh, by def punk you don't want to show us what it sounds like i i already did the, i already did the beginning so they, they, just come on Ray, give us a little bit of something <laughs> giorgio is uh i can sing something else but this song doesn't really contain singing It's an electronic song with uh, an interview by a guy who's like 90 and he's the 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 one who made electronic music uh, uh, come to life and um, and he's being interviewed about how he found that new sound and at some point he says once you free your mind of the concept of music needing harmony and music needing music needing to be correct you can do anything and then the sound stops and then violins come in and then violins combine with this electronic music it's an amazing song and i also like the idea that if you free your mind about the concept of what we're doing in how we organize societies within nation states then all of a sudden the possibilities are endless so it also has a good reference to vault but it just doesn't contain singing so i cannot, I cannot sing it <laughs> That's actually so sad. Karam and I tried to get you guys to sing. We spoke about this beforehand and we just wanted to get you guys singing on the podcast, but it didn't work. I knew you ruined it. Well, I wish I would have been so smart to pick a song that doesn't contain any lyrics. <laughs> yeah. So what was your song actually, Valerie? Uh, yeah. So my song is, um, it's much less deep. <laughs> it doesn't have any meaning. Uh, it's actually pretty bad. I have to. <laughs> it's pretty bad that I have to sing the lyrics because I'm not sure they're very appropriate. Um, but so I'm a bit of a. In German, you would say Morgenmuffel. I just I, I don't like getting up early. Um, but when I have to and I need to like start the day properly, then you would catch me kind of dancing around with this song and coffee, um, which is. <laughs> Kim Carnes, Betty Davis eyes. Hey, you're not you're not allowed to you're not you're not allowed to choose that one. Actually, unfortunately, I absolutely love this song, but um, uh, Joachim Wilke had chosen it. Yeah, Joachim Wilke had chosen it, and so it's already in the playlist. But he didn't sing it now, so <laughs> you get the priority, and Joe has to bring in another song into the, podcast, <laughs> yeah. the playlist. Yeah, I think it would be I think it would be Joe who would to really budge there. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, Valerie, you can still sing it if you if you want, um, but you have to choose another song. I'm sorry. Um, okay, well now I need another second. Just like heaven from the cure. Nice. Excellent choice. 
Okay, Eileen, can you please give me a beat? <laughs> boom. It really does boom, work boom, with this. Boom. It's a boom, boom, boom. <laughs> I was gonna get up for a call, but then I got a high rock song. <laughs> Okay. Show me, show me, show me how you do that trick. The one that makes me scream, she said. The one that makes me laugh, she said. And threw her arms around my neck. Yay! Nice, nice. Good job, Valerie. Nice, really, really nice. Finally, someone that actually got around to singing something. Great. The jingle. We should establish this. Actually, we should we should make every person. We should surprise every person by making them make everyone uncomfortable. <laughs> exactly, and it's actually a really good way to to see who listens to the podcast and who doesn't. Right? <laughs> Ooh, testing guests. Testing guests. <laughs> okay, let's wrap it up. Thank you very much for your song choices. Now, that was it for today. Thank you, Rainier and Valerie, for your participation. And thank you to anyone who listened. We really hope you enjoyed this episode and look forward to the next one. Don't forget that you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Google Podcast, and Apple Podcast. You can check out the Calling Europe song playlist on Spotify. And if you want to learn more about Volt Europa, just visit volteuropa.org or join your local city team. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you, Ali. That was super fun. Bye. Thank you and bye bye. <laughs> bye, everybody. The one that makes me scream, she said. The one that makes me laugh. That was Calling Europe, a production of Volta Lobat. <laughs>